0: Has no one got your little clapperboard yet, Dee? No. Let's order it on Amazon now. What colour do you want? Clapperboard. No, no, we want a proper one, don't we? we do, do from like a film right. set.
1: Yeah, on Amazon it's going to be from China made yeah, of plastic, exactly. isn't it? Yeah, you need to get like an ex-decommissioned one from yeah, like when yeah, they filmed film. Yeah. Do you it's know what they need to do in Amazon is have a not made in China button. It's just, yeah. a, nothing, yeah. everything, everything Prime,
2: disappears, though. The so, get no, well, it, it should out. be
1: prime. Everything just disappears off if of you do that,
2: Everything but there's nothing left. It. It'll be like four minutes. <laughs> right no. So one broom, that's, that's
1: it. it <laughs> but, <laughs> it from three from in <laughs> the only thing yeah, you get is like yeah something made of wood or something. You yeah. would you yeah. just get yeah,
2: just in get France. A... Actually we should probably talk about that on here, but I got probably screwed when we did uh, from China, the Chinese stuff, when we did um, the refit for our office. We got we had this new cafe that we put in and then we've got the office upstairs on the mezzanine floor, it looks lovely. So I bought tables and chairs. I was like, that's a really good deal. Like 260 quid for, for a table like this sort of size that you could fit four chairs around. I was like, that's really 260 pounds, really good. Anyway, it came and it was uh, it was in a tiny little envelope, like this, I'm like
1: I was about to say it was <laughs> mid- for a minute for <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was about to say so it's, it's gotta got be this size. I, but that's oh, always the China, so you get off. it in your life. Anyway. Well, I've offended everyone. That was good. Glad <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> yeah, we did it. Glad we did it off the yeah. air. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Hello, and welcome to Business Without Bullshit. I am Andy Uri, and alongside me is my co-host, Simon Walsh. Hello, everyone. Hello, Simon. And today, we are joined by David Spickett. Uh, David is the CEO and co-founder of The Car Crowd, the UK's first fractional ownership platform dedicated to passion assets with the aim of democratizing investment, starting with classic cars. That means you can finally get your mitts on a small portion of a car that you've always wanted. That is brilliant. Thank you. Yes. That's, well, well yeah, that's it. well, good to be here. Uh, so, David, what's uh, keeping you up at night is always uh, good to know these days.
2: Um, well, just about to start an investment round. So I think what's keeping us up at night is is just the difficulty of navigating investment for small businesses. It's just an, uh, a very difficult path to tread. Very, lots of people that um, show you a lovely shiny object to tease you in and uh, say that they're going to offer you the world and a big pot of gold. And then all of a sudden you have to pay them a few pots of coal to, to unlock it it's and a things fucking it's, nightmare raising money it's really tough so if, yeah. so
1: you want to do it in three months if you're lucky you can do it in six most of the time it takes nine or twelve and it's a full time job for at least one senior person. Yeah, it's, that's it's pretty so much it's exactly strange.
0: right. Yeah. 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 And I and assume you're talking about raising money for the company as opposed to you've identified some incredibly expensive car that you're raising money for. Okay, yes, so we, can... are, we are funding a
2: Lamborghini Diablo at the moment, which nice. is also, you know, that's, you know, also going okay. But um, no, yeah, the, this is funding into the business. We've, we've done a, had a pretty good summer. Um, you know, we found uh, a. D- distribution via partnerships work really well. We've got a fairly new products, um, fairly difficult to explain as when Andy was reading that out, you know, it's not obvious, doesn't roll off the tongue in terms of what fractional investment into cars is. But um, because we're a new brand with a new product, it was hard to get traction. So we, we partnered with a fintech business called Chip um, earlier on this year and we've got other partnerships in the pipeline and that's really unlocked the market for us, giving us much more exposure. And then we're funding cars in 26, 27 hours.
1: So let, break it down. How, how does it work then? I want to get, I have actually always Kinda of wanted a Ferrari, you know, just just like you can't die without the like, having a Ferrari. So I want a hundred thousand pound. No, no, let's do the Ferrari California. So that's about two hundred thousand pound car. So how well I put I start it, or how does this work? Well, it depends. What so
2: um, we're not like um, Auto Vivendi or P One, who you may have heard of, who are um, effectively driving clubs. So they're an experience club. So that's that's where you pay maybe seven, eight thousand pounds a year to join a membership club, and you get access to a garage of vehicles that you can sure. take out.
1: So I can't necessarily pick the exact car I want, but you will start funding a car that I could be part of. Yes, it? exactly. So what
2: we yeah. look for is is an investment business. So like you would any you know any person or any investment business, if they were picking an investment to bring to the public, they would. You know, pick one that's got uh, the best of the best. So whether it's the lowest mileage, the best history, the most rare. You know, we look for a certain criteria of things like you would with a, an artwork or like a bottle of wine or whatever. You know, you look for that rarity and that that um, ability for it to appreciate over time because it's in scarce supply, but there's big demand. So we tend to identify a short list of cars, look for those, uh, and then we'll, we'll we'll crowdfund them. We'll divide
1: them into a number of shares. And you go on your website and you offer the, the, the thing. And then how often do I get to um, trash it? so That's exactly why we don't. Yeah. So all of the
2: cars are treated like works of art. So effectively, it's uh, what we basically... I'm out. Well that, and, that's, and that's a lot of it, right? So a lot of it is people who want to have experience. But if you think about an investment, like if you're investing into a bottle of wine or a piece of art, you don't get the artwork on your, your wall. You know, you, you invest in a piece of art to, to make money as opposed to for the experience. Oh, okay. Oh, you don't want
1: people driving them? Instead.
2: Well, no, because we have to keep the, you know, we have to keep the provenance of the vehicle perfect. You know, if we let anybody drive it,
1: then there's... That's why these cause I, I read that, you know, the this is a great area of investment, investment market. And like the car the classic car industry is funny because there's a lot of cars, you know, that I mean, you could make an easy example like an S class six liter giant Mercedes that will value really badly because no one wants to run it and there's loads of them, basically. You know, so it's not just like I always wanted an S class Mercedes. It's like this is a super rare, you know, Ferrari, basically. Yeah, we
2: we
1: we tend to there's a couple of really easy
2: rules um that we look at. So the first one is is the nostalgia play. So anybody any car that approaches about twenty years old starts to get bought up because the people who loved it when they were seventeen and now thirty seven and they can afford to go out and buy one. So you tend to see the prices increase of cars from about 20 years on. Uh, and then there's a second peak as well at retirement age. So when the car gets to about 35, 40 years old, then people have cashed in their pensions, got cash in a cash and load of money, they want to relive their youth, so they go out and buy that convertible or sports car from when they were a teenager. So that's two, and then there's the other one that we look at is the 25 year rule for America. So vehicles that were modified to go to America when they first got manufactured because of their safety rules, or vehicles that were never produced for America so things like some of the Japanese cars um, that were never actually sold in domestic America when they were new, get uh, 25 years they become classic cars and therefore they're exempt from their emissions and crash safety testing.
0: Oh, okay. So they can can
2: be imported into America. So you see warehouses of things like the Nissan Skyline R34, which was in the Fast and the Furious movie. People are literally buying 100 of them at £40,000 each and then they'll be worth £200,000 each when they hit 25 years old in three years' time.
0: Because that, that was the thing that surprised me when I had a look at your website, is the fact that, you know, there was a Ford Escort. I mean, and, and I guess that... Not just any Ford Escort, but yeah. <laughs> I know, it's not any Ford Escort. But it's a Ford Escort. It is a Ford Escort. Nonetheless. Because I think sort of when you talk to people about fractional ownership of cars, I think they automatically think like Andy did, like Ferrari or Lamborghini or whatever it might be. But, you know, I was really pleased to see that there is an element, well, I figure a big element of nostalgia in what you do because I think there were more nostalgic cars that you've kind of sold or kind of had investment in recently than kind of you know yeah
2: we, we started small there's a company that tried to do what we do um, back in 2016 and um, in the UK and they they went for a Ferrari F40 so they started at sort of trying to raise nearly a wow. million pounds great car fantastic car and you know anyone who had invested in that if they'd have succeeded would have been profitable because they've gone up to 1.3 1.4 million so it was a great car to choose but it was just too big a you know kind of too big a yeah, yeah. with this new product <laughs> (laughs) So we started small, we started literally the opposite way around. We went for a Renault 5 Turbo, 205 GTI, we've got a Nova, a little Mini. There's lots of sort of smaller cars to try and build that popularity and... I guess, understanding of the concept and how it works and build up that credibility of these cars, even though they're only 20,000 pounds, still can return you 15, 20%.
0: But uh, but I also would imagine for cars with a lower price tag, the ability, it kind of makes it more inclusive. So, you know, you're not looking at whatever kind of fractional ownership of a Ferrari. You're looking at at a much smaller kind of investment. Yes. So.
2: Yeah, much smaller amount, much more accessible. And that's what we were all about. You know, It's all about democratization of the asset class. The asset class has been high performing for you know decades. I think Knight Frank Index puts it at 193% returns. So it's definitely one of the stronger passion asset returning classes. But you've got to have the money to buy the whole car, ensure the whole car, maintain the whole car. You've got to have the knowledge to pick the right car in the first place. So it's a very inaccessible asset class in the same way that I wouldn't be able to go out and pick a appreciating piece of art, for example, because I don't know enough about the market. So what we try to do is is democratise that by saying, well, we've got these, I guess, slight inside track in terms of what cars um, we we know are going to go up in value, uh, or we think, sorry, will go up in value. Because you're all car geeks. Yeah, basically. I've been doing this since since I was four years old with my dad, you know. Um, this this, It's something I've always done. I've always been a bit of a data person as well, so I used to go to the auctions with the catalogs. And I'd write down the sole price. And you kept all
0: those catalogues.
2: Yeah, I put, oh, that's amazing. put them into spreadsheets now. I've got like yeah. sort of 25,000 lines of data on various different cars. dad thought you were cars. very sad. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's <laughs> much <laughs> yeah, so, so we that's tested a few times. <laughs> we think there's something wrong with it.
2: Yeah. The I was that kid who put the, you know, put the Matchbox cars in color order and stuff. You know, yeah. The size Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. There's an element of that in it. And I think I'd probably be labeled something else now. We love a
1: manual. We love a manual. What, what, what percentage does the company own?
2: So we own none of the car. Nothing. Nope. nope. It's fully owned by a limited company. So each, each car has its own SPV special purpose vehicle that owns the car outright. You, why why don't you take a little cut of the the company, and then you'd have like an asset base? Regulation. Oh. So um, in America, interestingly, there's a company called Bradley Road to do the same thing we do. Uh, they are told by the SEC to take a percentage share because they believe that if they're promoting skin this asset the out, then it's skin in the game, right? Whereas the FCA. Oh, I this is a collective investment scheme. It's not it? a collective investment scheme or an alternative investment fund. It's a separate investment into a private limited company.
1: Oh, okay. Because people are buying shares in it. That's how you get around it. But you, how do you, you, you? It's a PLC. No, you're offering it to sophisticated investors. High net worth sophisticated. High net worth. So you still
0: need to go through the whole high net worth self-certification. System. Yes,
1: exactly. Okay. So still self-certification. Yeah. Absolutely. Are you an idiot? Do you have lots of money? <laughs> Pretty <laughs> that's much, it. No. Yeah. yes. If you lost lots of money, how upset would you be? Yeah. Not that upset. You're in, <laughs> and that's it. And the good news, because we're not
2: doing hugely high value investments. You know, we're not looking at fifty grand minimums. You know, yeah. we're looking at five hundred quid
0: minimums. So, and David, once people have invested in the car, how, how do you go about managing it? I mean, who kind of decides it needs to go for a drive, or it needs to be maintained, or kind of you know it's time to sell
2: yeah so I have a, another business called Box Classics which is a classic car storage business so uh, we have uh, basically looked after lots of cars got about 55 cars under management at the moment which includes the investor cars um, so that business does all the maintenance and all, this, all the insurance and the storage is, is, is done through that and obviously the investors get all that at cost price yeah. so that's done at cost neutral to make sure the fees are very very low in terms of keeping the assets and much more accessible than if you were trying to buy the whole car yourself um, so there's an economies of scale I suppose aspect to that and then from a selling perspective we keep the cars for a minimum of two years, maximum of five. And then the shareholders get to vote annually after two years if they want to keep or sell the car.
1: So you don't actually, you're not to hold. It really is investment.
0: It's like, you know, we get out. Well if we're up, we're up, we're out. So five years end end of there there is a trigger, it's sold. Um. Yeah, I mean obviously we're gonna we'll buy other cars. So yeah. you can
2: then reinvest and put your money back into a separate car. But we look Swap. at what the way that we're looking at the life cycle, like I said, is to try and look at the cars that are on they call it we call it a J curve, but basically they're starting to have the appreciation curve. Um, because it's not infinite, you know, they're never gonna keep going. So there's this nice sweet spot period of where, as I say, the people that loved the cars when they were teenagers <laughs> and the cars now getting to, to, to like 40, 35, maybe 35 years old. That's the, the the sort of... No, sorry, 25 years old. That's the sort of sweet spot point.
1: Do you not find it a bit sad that uh, this problem that we have, that when we turn these things into investments, they end up in boxes and no one's playing with them? It's, it, it is a problem.
2: Um, yeah, completely. And But I think... It depends which way around you look at it. So if you look at it to the point of a classic car collector would have a massive underground car collection, right? And there's people in Japan and, and in Canada that have got 400 cars. And they're never seen by the public, apart from maybe Shmi150 on YouTube who gets to go and do a video once every year. Other than that, they're never seen. Well, what we do, because it's fan-owned, it's like basically curating the first world fan-owned motor museum because every investor in these cars is a fan of the cars. So they make money from them too, but actually they also get to go and see them and enjoy them. So they're moved out of these dusty sheds and underground car parks. And so they
1: get to they get to they get you get to go and like yeah they're all on display. All and all so they're place.
0: always permanently yeah. on display. Yeah. Where where? So we've got a cafe up in Nottinghamshire uh, in Farnsfield. And when you say cafe, I can go and get a coffee or you can. come up any Thursdays okay. okay. Thursday to Sunday. Thursday
2: evening is barbecue night. Friday nights pizza night. Saturday, Sunday, cars and coffee all morning. So, so. What and they're parked outside or something. Inside, obviously. inside?
0: Sorry, yeah, inside. But, but general public can come. Or do you have general to, public can come?
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. We tend to yeah we tend to have them fairly. You can uh, get in the car. open. Um, it depends who you no. are. <laughs> I mean, we'd rather we'd rather not. Obviously, if you're an investor in the car, then yeah, sure. Because you've invested in can the car, you, the it's investor,
1: investor drive asset. the car. No, no, no driving the car. No, and we
2: and we say that just just simply because we want to make sure we can return on investment. You know, if we let start to let people drive the car, we become a very different business. We become almost like a tour operating business where you've got to work out who's driving it and when. It's
1: almost this. This almost surprising that this idea is new. Maybe you're, you you said people have tried before. The execution is, is better because I've you know that when the blockchain thing kicked off, the, I even had a client who was doing this with artwork. Well, buy the artwork, you get a piece of the artwork blockchain. I mean, did you look at the blockchain or like and that's maybe step two, is it? Or yeah, so we went the other way around. So
2: a couple of other businesses that have tried the fractional investment stuff have gone blockchain first. And as I said before, like new brand, new product, and then a new currency. Like that's just a bridge too far for a lot of people. So we, I took the view that actually I needed to keep almost one thing constant, which is actually the, like the way to invest. So it's a, net and a
1: limit, UK limited company is brilliant in a way. It's such a it's simple, simple mechanism. mechanism. Everyone and, 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 understands. I was it's just to say, everyone understands. It, yeah. yeah, and that's
2: what I wanted. So I knew I had a different challenge with the brand, and I knew I had a difficult challenge with the, with the product of fractionalizing anything because. It was brand new. But if I kept the way of fractionalizing the same, my limited company shares, that's already known. So we did it that way. Um NFT and um, it is massively on our radar. Like blockchain NFT, we definitely want to do, go to. There was a, a sag in the crypto market quite a lot, obviously, six months ago or so, which has delayed it on the roadmap. But um, it just, this business lends itself eventually to doing, you know, an NFT or a digital asset. So
1: you think NFT is a, a business, but only if it's backed by a real asset. Yours is a perfect example for a proper NFT. I own, and you put a, beautiful pictures and all of that and I own this I own the DeLorean X. We that. have a
2: virtual reality garage. We've already built it. So we've built a virtual reality garage and in the virtual reality garage you can as soon as you buy one share, one token whatever it will be, it will appear and then you can trade with other people. So you can walk into their virtual garage and you can go, "Oh, I trade you a bit of your E type for this Ferrari" and you can start to trade and stuff like that. It's kind of
0: almost like old football so, cards. Yeah, yeah exactly.
2: Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like it's like Gran Turismo <laughs> and the old games you used to play where you had your own garage on the game. So we're trying to that, that's the aim. That's
1: the eventual place to do it. So and you're, and you're they, more just trying to get the the the, the oh Excuse the pun, but the wheels on the vehicle, vehicle you know, yeah, yeah. just to get the fucking thing going down the road. And I, that's very smart. So did you stop and study these failures? To make these decisions, yeah, of course, yeah. So i obviously
2: part of the research. So I left when I left Libris in June. I didn't set this business up till October, so I spent three months over that summer, pretty much just doing this, just with someone else,
1: or no, just on my decision. own.
2: Yeah, luckily in a way, my dad was. Um, he came back from Jamaica and got stranded because of coronavirus, so he was stranded with us for a couple of months. So we we, we sat together, <laughs> my dad and I, having these great funds yeah, in, it's inside it's the spigots uh, Saturday nights. But yeah, we very sat, well thought through some sat, of it. Thank,
1: thank it, you. It's a bit more than. Um, yeah, don't you feel? A lot of times people business a bit more like, well, I threw the shit at the
0: wall. <laughs> I, I mean, I think what's really interesting about this is, you know, you look at kind of other asset classes, but kind of clearly you identified a gap in the market, but also you're passionate about yeah. kind of the asset itself. Yeah. You know, a lot of people who are doing art or well, what. And it
2: was, yeah. it's knowledge as well, I think. Like, there's passion, definitely. But there's also, as I say, that geeky spreadsheet type thing and then and stuff. And, and actually, you know, if you look at the data, you see that trend of the car value sort of plummeting and then they just start to go up about 20 years. And it's yeah. like, I love it. it's there's quite there's an obvious curve.
1: It's such a nice moment. I work with my dad, and so I'm having a bit of a no, sort of um, emotional, nostalgic moment. But I, you, your dad, the engineer, he was also a clerk in the bank. Yeah, you know, yeah, that, was, he taught yeah. me another thing, son. Yeah. Taught me about money. You my know, time, let right. me tell you about money. And then you, like, still his little kid who just loves cars. And all the while, the business. What's so nice about it? Any you can flip to just talking about cars and going like, yeah, why don't we get like? We know, did. That's exactly what we did. Oh, yeah. What would we get? We get this. We so get this is a gift of corona, in a way. In a way, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it was.
0: And now a quick word from our sponsor.
2: Auri Clark got its start back in 1935, and while the world has changed a bit, it's more than just survived from complying with the FCA and all things financy. They can also speak fluently in the language of legalese. Clark was born and raised right here in the UK, and now for 20 years they've been helping others get set up and on their way. Horry Clark's door's always open and happy to provide straight talking financial and legal advice since
1: 1935.
0: Big shout out to Sean Veer Singh for a stellar jingle. You can find him at Sean Veer Singh Music on Instagram. And at this point, let me quickly remind you to give us a nice review, please, on Apple Podcast or follow us on Spotify so you'll never miss an episode. Now back to the chat.
1: Okay, now this is your chance to discuss something that you think is bullshit or business. You know, a thing that, that I mean, we've we've got some ones we can we can pick on one. Do you have anything?
2: Oh, I just touched on it at the start, just investment. I mean, I just something I'd like. You yes. know, you know, I was thinking about it on the train down and just how. Shit it is at the moment. And and
1: not shit, that's not really fair, but at the moment it's the worst ever, but it's always shit.
2: And you've got three categories. That's what I was thinking about. So I've got three categories of 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 what I've seen to see at the moment. So you've got you've got the guy who wants to just tell you how great he is.
0: I've had two of those this week.
2: And it's like, you know, he puts family on LinkedIn, haven't even started the race officially yet, but they've obviously found out from, from, from some angel or something. So, you know, we've got this uh, this guy. And it's just, you know, I want to tell you about this business I've exited, this business I started, this business that I've done this with. And then, you know, and it's like we haven't even talked about the car crowd at all, yeah. particularly. Talk about the car crowd little bit. He's like, yeah, no, I think you guys have got this challenge and this challenge and this challenge. Anyway, keep in touch. I'm like, well, that's an hour, you know, and yeah, I've learned 45 minutes about you in 15. So that, that really pissed me off this morning. So I thought that would be a good, you know, so if anybody Wait, we should give them a name. is an angel uh, investor.
1: They, I know what you mean because what happens is there's, there's people who make a bit of money. They're not, usually they've got 5 million. Yeah. Or something, which is not enough. Yeah, not huge. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, they they can do investment now. So they get to go to breakfast and lunch and tell people what's wrong with their business. But they can't invest because they don't actually have that much money. Sometimes they're on dragon's den almost that level because yeah. to, to invest some money, you need some money. You know, what, ten million? You got ten million. Would you invest? I don't know. Depends. It depends how much you're
2: asking. And you're absolutely right. And normally they're probably these these people, I don't know what we call them, but they're um, one or two years out of the exit, right? Or they're out of it. So yeah. they, they've, they're they've still, you know, there's some really amazing seasoned entrepreneurs that I've spoken to that... Um, still didn't want to invest in the business but you know actually they gave some really sound advice and they were just instantly would listen about well, what yeah, you're trying yeah. to do what you're trying no to No tell you their CV. Exactly it's, it like, like, it's not for me I can't invest in too early stage or whatever but, they, but they, you know, they're, they're interested in investing and but it's the other people that go and send first and it's like bullshit. so let me tell you a bit about me. Yeah. I'm going to call them bullshit investors. Bullshit investors yeah so yeah. That's, that was the first category. Second category then is I always think that you know the way I've set everything up is if we do a good job we should earn some money right so if we make investors some cash because the car's gone up loads in value then we can take a percentage of that, that's all fine. Because you're based on success, right? <laughs> what we're finding at the moment is there's loads of people contacting us with these great grand titles, like head of investment growth. And you're like, oh, that sounds good. I want to make some time to that person because that's going to be good. And they ring up and they sort of you know, have a face-to-face call or whatever. And then it's going to get to the point where let me tell you a bit about what we do here at whatever, whatever network. And it's actually you have to pay two and a half thousand pounds, and we'll send your prospectus to three thousand qualified investors that are all angels, and they're all at the moment seeking investment. And we've had some great feedback that your business is one of their target areas.
1: Angel networks is going on the list. And you're this like, is what?
2: The fuck? Right? Yeah. And then you, and what you realise oh, is, is they've got I don't know, three thousand names from some investor conference they went to in
1: 2017 or something, where they just oh, bullshit the- investors, and it's all rubbish. I think you, I would agree. Those angel networks are full of like a thousand bullshit investors who, who've signed up to, like, they've signed up to Country Life now yeah, they've yeah, bought yeah. a big house. Yeah. You know, it's like literally, oh, don't we now go to investor meetings, yeah. darling? Yeah. I'll bring my girlfriend, you yeah. know? it's exactly, a, exactly. They get free sandwiches. And,
2: oh, and and they feel, yeah, and they feel like their penis is screwed four inches when they walk through the door. And it, it's so frustrating because we put, you know, we have to really pick who we talk to and we have to put a lot of time oh, behind sure. this, right? Because well, I've only got a team of six. It's not like we've got a massive team of people. So <laughs> we notice if, if I'm out for half a day.
1: Actually, you're illustrating to me my one of my problems with raising money is I notice amongst my clients that when they're doing it, one of them usually the most uh, enigmatic visionary chatter has to spend all of their time on it. Like, And if they're not spending all their time on it, it's not going to happen. And even if they're spending all their time on it, like, you know, dear Chris recently, and he's fucking amazing at it, it still might not work out. And in the current market, that's more often than not. So it, there must be more efficient ways for us to raise this. And mic. that's it. It, it needs revolutionizing.
2: It just needs needs completely upholding. And, and, you know, if any angel and network sort of people are there, you know, don't put the
1: fee up front. You know, just put your money where your mouth is. That's what I would say. So bullshit investors, bullshit angel networks, and what is the third type of investor? So the third category, sorry, what I was gonna say about the third
2: category, is the impossible to find, right? So yeah. so I go back to that role title thing of like this hell of investment growth or something, you think, fuck me, I've got to speak to that guy. And then you get someone who like literally there was a guy who I spoke to the other week, he's a lovely lovely chap, and um he's just got dog walker on LinkedIn. That's what he's put, he's like professional dog walker.
1: Oh my God. That's what he's put
2: on LinkedIn. And I was like, is oh, this guy who's approached me? I think he hasn't invested yet. I don't know if he will, but um but I was just chatting to him and the reason he's but that is just because he he's a former um, family fund manager. He's a you know basically chief, chief investment officer at, at one of the big um, big banks, and um, he's retired. He's fifty-ish years old, and he's retired. And now he just walks his dogs. He's got three dogs, and he walks his dogs on a, a, every single morning between nine and about half ten. And he does calls during that time, and that's that's what he considers his profession.
1: You know why the problem is with, with real people who've got real money is just like us. They they got real lives. They don't spend all their time about. Like, whoosh, I invested some companies, you know, and that'll show off to my friends. It's not that So what it is is it's it's a question of having the opportunity of just finding them and getting in front of them and, and pitch it, and then and they will invest in stuff if someone approaches them in the right way, politely, doesn't fucking bang their door down, knows a friend of them, and says, look, you know, he's got something in this guy.
2: And a lot of the time it's about it's about the individual as well. That's what we've That's had so feedback so from so the so investors so. invested in us and you know it's a lot of times it's we invested in you and your passion and what you've done yeah, as opposed yeah. to we believe in the business the model otherwise they oh, I invest. I
1: invest I invest the people because yeah, the only yeah, thing you really judge so we got bullshit investor, bullshit angel network. I'm so with you, and Inves- invisible investor who, that a business. That's the business that's, end of And that. that's anyone who can unlock those people. The so, professional
0: dog walker not, man. Not invisible. Needle in the haystack. Investor. Ne- needle in the haystack. Needle in. And the We
2: haystack. found one of our, our cornerstone investors for the for the previous seed round because one of the guys I'd spoken to for over an hour, and then he went, "Oh, I'll put, I've probably got five to thousand pounds, Five hundred pounds to a thousand pounds to invest." I'm like, "Okay, okay. <laughs> that was a long pitch for five hundred quid." Um, oh my god, are you serious? I, yeah, you're serious. And I said, well, we're kind of looking for a minimum of 25K outside of the Cedars platform. Just go through Cedars. Because <laughs> if you want to join our cap table, yes. you know, 25K minimum. Yes. And he's like, oh, okay, I can't do that. But I can inv- introduce you to this other guy who knows his exited a business. And it turned out then he became one of our cornerstone investors, the guy you introduced me to. So uh, the 500 quid man did me a real yeah. favor. But, you know, it, as you say, they're so hard to
1: find. And it has to almost be a referral, right place, right time type moment. So that uh, brings us to the part of the show where we're going to do some quick fire questions, uh, David. We're going to ask you uh, 10 questions. You've got about five seconds each question. Well, I mean, you know, we're pretty relaxed. Right, good, too, it's but, you know, it's not like, oh, gone. Uh, so, D, cue the music, please. Thanks very much. Uh, Simon, do you wanna begin? Okay, David, what was your first job?
2: Um, I collected debt or, or phoned, phoned up, <laughs> phoned up mothers t- to try and collect debt. For One Bill Telecom, when they'd let they come home, like the kids are coming from school, and the first Sky boxes came out, and they'd given the kids a remote control. They could go navigate to a thing called games, and it all went through the phone line, and they were charged 69p a minute. So they racked up these massive phone bills. And I came in at the start with just like as a temp job, and then all of the team pretty much quit because it was the like hor- most horrible job. That is
1: the most. And you described it very. And do you think it was done like that on purpose to fuck? By with Sky,
2: I, could, I, mean, I don't want any lawsuits at all. But I mean, it was a great product idea, and they must have been rolling in capital.
1: Did you ever do the package? It was very- Virgin did this little bastards. They say no, have the phone line. It's cheaper. Yeah, yeah. And so you get the phone line. Never use the phone. Then some cunt will come and stay in your house, and you you give <laughs> bill a for bill. like five hundred quid. <laughs> they say, oh, I just rang my mum a couple of times. So saying, oh my fucking phone! <laughs> yeah, I read really? that thing out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that even if it was in right, England, they were like, oh, but you didn't buy the phone package. Yeah. You
2: yeah. Know, yeah. It, it's all about that. It was all about the minutes.
1: All about the minutes. Cool. Yeah. That was a long five seconds. We're gonna have to do. Sorry. We're gonna have to do a quick fire. What was your worst job? Probably that. Okay, quick and easy. <laughs> Favorite subject at
2: school? Um, uh, history or maths, I suppose. Okay. Yeah. Although oh, no, technology, actually, I engineering and DT is probably okay. design, technology, okay. yeah. Yeah. design technology. Design yeah. technology. I made some really crap
1: shelves and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I made a crap shelf. <laughs> it's good to, to be given a drill in a lesson. Yeah. It's, isn't great, it? isn't isn't it's it? like you know, oh, bandsaw. Yeah. Fantastic. What's your special skill? Um, I can flip a lot of beer mats. Can you? Yeah. I can flip a lot of beer can mats. It's one of the only atoms. things I can do. Yeah, maybe so <laughs> I've not got those skills. What
0: are you talking about like before you yeah, yeah, like? Uh, yeah. When yeah, I, was I was quite young
1: in, and, yeah. in, in I hung out skiing and they had them and I was with they were teachers or whatever and I was just stuck there and I only learnt for a couple of days. Yeah, but exactly it's the same. I was
2: in Sardo in Andorra doing exactly the my ski season. Exactly
1: the
0: you same. You just same. practice it and then it's like, oh it's on, game on. What did you want to do when you grew up? Yeah. What did I want to do when I grow up? Um, racing driver, I think. Yeah, I mean, I've always. Do done. you
2: drive fast? No, I, I'm really conservative now I've got kids. I used to. I used to try oh, you've managed to switch that quickly. Yeah, I've been quite good. Yeah. Well, they're nine and six. So it wasn't that quick, but recently I've been
1: better. <laughs> yeah. What, what did your parents want you to be?
2: Um, they were really supportive, like I said. They didn't really didn't really mind too much. I think my dad was yeah. My dad was all over the racing. You no. Know, what did your it. dad do? Uh, well, he was a, an engineer, um, and there was after that yeah, and then and then he was a financial controller for Lloyd's Bank. But before yeah, he's always been engineering. He's always had like minis and things up in bits, and he was a mechanic. On a rally cross mini, that's how I got into roacher sport no when I was way. like four so. No, I so yeah. Cool. I've always been our weekends used to be wake up at four a.m. go down to Lyddon Hill, um with the with the mini on the back of the transit van and, and spend literally a whole weekend there sleeping in the van.
1: No way.
2: Yeah, when I was oh. I was four years old, right? Yeah. That's a four year old wicked. Yeah, man. my job was to get a big screwdriver and take uh, cake the mud off of the uh of the inside of the wheel arches when it came back from the
0: uh, from a test run. That was wow. one. That was one of my earliest
2: memories of cars,
0: yeah. There he that's is. super cool. <laughs> uh what's your go to karaoke song?
2: Probably anything boy bandy because my wife tells me I'm like an aging boy band member all the time. So So
0: that's what, yeah. Could have
1: taken that. (laughs) Take that or (laughs) busted or something. Uh, Office dogs, business or bullshit? Mine's not here, Um... uh,
2: Probably. More bullshit than business, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, I think this caused a lot of controversy. We did do a dog do you, day. Do once you have a right? dog at home? Are we a did dog? have. I uh, it bit my. I killed girl. it. Yeah, yeah, bit my, bit my little girl. No, I didn't care. We gave it to a nice family, but oh, it, no. we had a puppy at the same it time. Bit as we like properly bit, blood bit. Yeah, blood bit. Yeah, yeah. So we 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 <laughs> gave it. Away. But <laughs> no, I'm, type, I am like- What type, my, type of dog? This we had is a when to get racist
1: on dogs. Beagles are bad. Got bad temperatures. Yeah, my wife. My wife had a beagle when she was a kid. Although she was older, so it was impossible to train. incredible scent hounds. And the problem with scent hounds. Is they a? They look at the ground, so they don't look at you. So yeah, apparently, yeah. you can't teach some stuff as easily, so, you know. Whereas sight hounds are always using their eyes. Yeah, they just want a nose, and their their senses power is so overpowering to them because they're like the beagle, the bloodhound, and like one other are like off the scale, yeah. even for dogs. And so, I mean, I wanted a beagle, but then I was everyone said it's so difficult. And then I was in the park, and this guy comes around the corner with a beagle off the lead, just walking along nicely, and I was like. That's incredible, that's incredible. Well, how do you teach your dog? He said, it's not my dog. And then, and then I look up the hill, and on top of this fucking hill, it's Primrose Hill. On top of the hill, the bloke's going, get that dog, grab the dog! And oh, that just is like, fantastic, fantastic! I'm not I mean. getting a fucking beagle. Mate, that is fantastic. He probably had a sausage in his pocket or something.
2: Yeah, yeah exactly, there we go. Oh, that's
0: fantastic, yeah. Have you ever been fired?
2: Uh, redundant, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've been very redundant. It's not the same, yeah, thing. Not the same thing. Oh, I was, <laughs> I was fired um, from Great Bar, uh, David Lloyd Centre, when I was lifeguarding there during university. Because, Felt because No, because I wouldn't tell a lady to put her top back on I she took take a top off. <laughs> or, or, sorry, actually, I didn't tell her quick enough to put her top back on. I should take a <laughs> oh, what, top she had her boobs on. out? Yeah, yeah, yeah family Oh, oh yeah. I wonder why. Your yeah. brain's just like. Uh, I was 19 like, and yeah. I. <laughs>
1: Can't speak. I've never been happier Family pool So yeah They That's asked me not to come back up. After That's my first fucking shift up. You were... Sorry I'm going to get Even more sexist now Were you fired by a man Or a woman I was fired by a woman I, was, I, I, I bet a woman would fire you yeah, There's yeah. no way a man Would work that out No He'd also be looking At He's the He's just going to say it's next thinking, week. Uh, I should do yeah. something What should I do Anyway I think Those were the questions Oh no uh, No no
0: uh, What's your vice What's your vice uh, Blue cheese Oh, okay, French blue cheese. Yeah, or yeah, okay.
2: yeah. Or, you keep yeah, some in the yeah. fridge And, the and English, to be fair. I quite oh, like yeah, Stilton, yeah, but yeah, yeah, but French, yeah. I do like okay. French, which... You keep it in the fridge. Yeah, yeah, although if I keep it in the fridge, it goes there quick. Yeah. bit of red, wine and blue Is cheese.
1: Stilton better than Roquefort? Mm,
2: yes, depending on what you're doing. It's probably, I prefer Roquefort, but if I'm going anywhere near anybody else, then I'd probably stick to a Stilton that smells not quite oh, a, so subtle.
0: So to me, yeah. Stilton's a Christmas cheese, whereas Roquefort <laughs> you can have it. Anytime. In, uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. of Still, stilton time. Okay, so
1: (laughs) this is uh, that's it. You've really smashed it. Um, so this is your 30 second investor pitch. Here it comes. Oh, god. Uh, well, you could just. Tell us what the fuck you want, really, about you know, for, uh, oh, and maybe uh, for the customers to find the cars or whatever. But this is your chance to bang on about something for thirty seconds, you know. Um,
2: okay, well, uh, yeah, obviously, hopefully, you can tell we're very passionate about classic cars in general and the investment opportunity into them. It's a great opportunity to diversify a portfolio
1: and to uh, get into something that's much more interesting than standard, fairly boring investments. What percentage do I get for how much money is an investor into your business? What are you raising at the moment? He said half a million, is it?
2: Yeah, half a million at three million valuations.
1: Okay. Okay. Free money, three and a half post. It sounds fantastic. It does, um, and it's EIS. It's EIS qualified. Yeah, if I can get a lit, one in a box that I can visit, and then one in a little box, like a replica, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, for my son and me, and we'll just stare. Yeah, we at can it. do that. We yeah, can do yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And get a Delorean, and then I mean, so we've
2: got a have got a Delorean. Well, you've got a Delorean. Well, we
1: yeah, uh, ish. Oh,
2: let me come around and. Look. It's only done. It's only done 126 miles from New. It's the lowest, second lowest Delorean in private ownership
1: in the world. Is wow. it in your? Uh, in your? It's it? in my locker. Yeah. Where is it? Which is. Where? Where? In Nottinghamshire. You can go up to a cafe. It's a bit so of a trek for you, but, it but come on up. know. It's not where the home of shoes is. It's Norwich. Norwich. It's Norwich. No, that's Cobblers. <laughs> <laughs> sorry.
0: Sorry,
1: sorry, sorry, sorry
0: Simon.
1: Finish, <laughs> it, finish us up.
0: No, as no, 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 no. Okay, so um, David, if our listeners want to find out more about you online, what's the best way for them to do that?
2: So, I mean, you just Google The Car Crowd and then it'll come up with the website. We're all, yeah, um, that's the easiest way. And obviously, or, or email me at david at uk. Uh, and yeah we're also on instagram and twitter and facebook and linkedin and all the other places just search car crowd for car crowd uk and-
1: very nice so they, so there you have it that was this week's episode of business without bullshit and we'll be back with bwb extra on thursday until then it's ciao